week nine of the Home Dogs podcast. Week nine, Mike, Mark, and Travis with you. As always, we are at the halfway point of the 2021 NFL season, the halfway point on our journey to win the Westgate Super Contest and the Circa Pro Football Contest, both out in Las Vegas, picking five games every week against the spread. And uh, week eight was our best week of the season. Uh, we were really firing on all cylinders. If Kirk Cousins and and uh, Mike Zimmer did not totally shit the bed on Sunday night, we would have had even a more glorious week to talk about. But overall, we are now 22-17-1 in each contest. So identical records. We went 4-1 and one in the Super Contest last week, 3-2 and two in the Circa, uh, thanks to the Vikings uh, blowing it big time on Sunday Night Football against the Cowboys. Otherwise, we really would have been flying high. But, uh, you know, we're 56%. Overall, in each contest, in the Circa contest, we are in 1100th place out of 4,000. And in the Super Contest, we're in 403rd place out of uh, close to 2,000 entries there. So inching closer, we're about four and a half, five points out of the money in each one. So really can't say enough about how fun it was to watch all the games on Sunday. We were we picked 10 games, 10 individual games, and uh, we went seven and three. Eight and two would have been great, but I'm, I'm going to take seven and three. And... Uh, we we left out one game though, and that was the Jets. And Mark was all over the Jets. We got to start with Mike White and your Jets, Mark. Just just how you feeling right now? And you know, we'll get to the to Mike White, and then of course this Thursday night game coming up tomorrow. So just what are you feeling right now as a Jets fan? Yeah, it was super fun. Um, I mean, Jets only won two games last year. Uh, Mike White, like first time, I feel like sparked some some excitement for the team. Even just like watching the players like react to him, like on the field, like they were super stoked. And then I, I watched like the locker room, like Salah giving him the game ball. Um, everybody just seems to love this guy. Like, look, it could be a one hit wonder, but uh, I'm gonna enjoy it for one week, and you know, hope hope it's gonna be some sort of uh, you know long term answer at quarterback. Um, TBD though. Long-term answer. Wow, I love Jets fans. Uh, but 400 <laughs> yards passing, three touchdowns, did have two interceptions, caught a Philly special on a two-point conversion. Jets were plus 10.5 in this one against the Bengals at home. Ironically, they're actually losing by 11 at one point in the fourth quarter, and I was thinking, like, oh, my God, they're actually not going to cover this game, but then they come back and win it. Some questionable calls, but who cares? Just just flying high with the Jets. Bearded Salah, too. Did you like that one? I love, love that. love that. Yeah, I thought you looked great. Um, so let's let's just get right into this week's slate with week nine because there's not a lot of games and we don't need to rehash uh, our glory in week eight. It's always more more fun to talk about the losses anyway. But you know now the Jets moved from being ten and a half point home underdogs against the Bengals where they covered and now they're on a short week going to Indianapolis. They are ten and a half point dogs once again. So uh, my inclination would be to take the Colts, the team we took last week, and they and they let us down big time against the Titans. But I'm ready to hop back on. I, I think the Mike white train is going to uh, completely collapse here and crash back to earth uh, maybe harder than anyone's ever crashed back to earth what did you think about uh, getting involved in yet another thursday night game this week travis because we we had some success with the packers last week yeah uh, i didn't take any notes on this game but i did have a light circle on indy they're getting 40 percent of the bets 80 percent of the money i think you said it right i mean it's just you know, i can't expect mike white to go back out and throw for another 400 yards and three touchdowns uh, it doesn't seem like that's going to happen now the colts you know, had their own woes last weekend. That was one of our, our frustrating losses, I would say. And Carson Wentz went back to doing some classic Carson Wentz shit, uh, which is never fun to watch. But you know, he been he protected the ball pretty well before that game. So maybe we get back to that. There's a little bit of reversion off of those turnovers that he had against Tennessee last weekend. So I, I agree with you. I mean, I guess the cardinal rule of not gambling on Thursday night games is totally out the window after our success with Green Bay last <laughs> week. So one up and we just kind of shift the rules around and now we roll. But I, I would be willing to uh, 
to rush this a little bit and put it into the contest for tomorrow night. Uh, yeah, I'm obviously on the other side of this. Um, I, I, and look, I have the Jets bias. I, I totally get it. So you got to take what I say with a grain of salt. I just feel like asking Carson Wentz to, to cover a 10.5 point spread after what we saw last week uh, might be asking a little much. Um, I, I do like the trends that you mentioned. Um, I think it's probably the right side, but uh, I'm not sure I want to force it in one of the contests. All right, I got some I got some stats to present to you, Mark, because I knew you'd be on the other side. Here. <laughs> uh, Thursday night football, double digit favorites are forty six and twenty seven against the spread. Now, this this stat doesn't apply to Thursday, but it was also an interesting one. Double digit dogs in the previous week that eke out a one score win are then fifteen and twenty seven against the spread the following week. Ooh, so that's interesting. Some interesting trends, I, I think. I, I think the Bengals definitely. I, I I wish I we looked at the Bengals schedule because I didn't realize that the, they were playing the Browns this week. Definitely a sandwich spot, but with the big win over the Ravens, and then they get to play the Browns. So I, I still, they still had a, a position to cover there. So I don't know. I just think that there's no way the Jets are going into Indy. They were flying so freaking high. They probably had such a huge party on Sunday night. There's no way they're going to be so flat in this game. Like Mike White, come on. Now now Indy has tape on him. It's a half decent defense, I think. I get Wentz is just awful, but we had some success with the Colts against the Texans laying a lot of points earlier. And and for me, the Thursday thing, I feel like maybe it will crash back to earth just like Mike White this week. But it was cool that we locked five games last week. We went four and one in the games that we had to lock on Thursday afternoon. And it kind of forces us to go with our gut first instant yeah. games, which which I do like in that aspect. So especially with yeah, two contests, it's nice to be able to just lock one of them. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I do think we get into a little bit of paralysis analysis and, uh, you know, that hurts us as the kind of week progresses into the Saturday lock period. So I'm all for, you know, getting five games in a little earlier. I mean, the other thing that's just weird about the Colts, I mean, you said that we did cover with them against Houston, you know, they were 11 and a half point faves and they've only won three games against Miami, Houston, and San Francisco, but they won each of those games by 10 or more points. They beat Miami by 10, Houston by 28, and then San Francisco by 12. So um, you know, they beat up, I won't say San Francisco is a bad team, but you know, when they win, they, they can win running away a little bit. So just something to watch. And I, I don't have any statistics about the Jets run defense. Uh, I think the Jets defense in general has been okay, better than we'd expect, but I still like that Colts rushing attack. Um, and think a game like this, they can kind of control on the ground and keep the ball out of the dynamic Mike White's hands. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to roll with it. Um, like it, it's obviously like a, a perfect fade spot. Uh, I, I do think the Jets defense, they, they finally got healthy last week. They, they look decent. Um, I feel like Carson Wentz is the type of quarterback that maybe Salah can attack, but um, I'm willing to go with your guys' uh, analysis. I like some of the stats you threw out, Mike, um, and, and take Indy here as much as it pains me to stay. Um, going against my boy, Mike White. John Hussey, the official in this game too, which is also exciting for us. That's very nice. They did give up 31 points, that defense. They kind of rounded into form last weekend. But since he, you know, they, they put up a lot of points anyway. So that's, I don't think there's any shame in that. Yeah, so let's go through it. We'll we'll see if we have four other games that we really like and Mark's happy with that. Maybe we can get him to stick the Colts in because I do think it's fun to have these games. So that that, that game, Colts, 10, 10 and a half near the top of my board. Mark, uh, since you're on the other side of that one, what, what do you like this week? Yeah, I think we're going to go against each other on this next one. Uh, I love the 49ers. I think it's, is it pick in the contest? No, one it's and uh, a one and a half in oh, the super contest. Yeah. They're favored by one and a half? Nope. The they're one and a half at home. Wow. 
Okay, I love this game now. Uh, I like truly love uh, the 49ers getting one and a half here. Um, so it, it's I guess it's unclear if Kyler's hurt. It sounds like he's banged up a little bit. Um, regardless, I think he, he'll be hampered by his injury, won't be as mobile. Um, the first game between these two teams, I think they played two or three weeks ago. Um, the Niners failed on four of five fourth downs, all of them in Arizona's territory. Um, the Niners reached Arizona territory on eight of nine of their drives. Um, and that was with Trey Lance at quarterback, not Jimmy G. Um, they only managed to score 10 points um, because of those those failed conversions. Um, getting Jimmy G back, uh, Kittle's back this week. Arizona's got some injury concerns. Watt, J.J. Watt's obviously out. Um, one of their rookie linebackers, who's actually graded out really well, is out. Uh, Zayvon Collins. Um, Arizona due for some just general regression. They're they're number one in the NFL in fumble luck. They've recovered seventy six percent of their fumbles uh, on both offense and defense. Um, so, I, in, in historically, the Niners have I, I think I, I think they're six six and one in the last seven against Arizona. Um, so, just love the spot for the Niners. I know they covered last week and Arizona didn't, and Arizona's got the extended week. But um, I think this is too too important of a divisional game um, to have what everybody thought was a very good Niners team at the beginning of the season getting one and a half points at home. Uh, I love the spot for them. Yeah, I, I have no problem with it. I did not circle the Niners, but that would be the side that I would lean towards. Um, remarkably, they're ninth in DVOA. They're eight and seven as a home dog against Sh- with Shanahan, which doesn't excite me too much. But they're twenty three and seventeen as a dog in all games with Shanahan. Sounds like Kyler's going to play, obviously. So that's you know I don't love that, but uh, I love the case. I mean, I like them in Week Five in this game, um, getting five and a half on the road. So I'm, I'm totally willing to go back to the well here. You made a great case with the way that game played out and the fact that they really should have covered, and that was. Unfortunately, a loss for us in the contest, but I, I like it, so I, I have no problem with it. Yeah, I could ride with here uh, with you guys in some respect. Here, I uh, Kyler. Uh, it sounds like his ankle. He turned on that last play against the Packers, um, but he, he said he's okay. Maybe a little less mobile. AJ Green's out with COVID. Hopkins obviously is banged up. He was in and out of that Packers game last Thursday. You mentioned the defensive injuries. I, I just I go back to what Travis said for weeks. We we. We definitely think Shanahan's overrated, so that worries me. The Niners stink at home. They play terribly in Levi Stadium, so the home dog thing doesn't really like juice me up as much as it would. I feel like Shanahan and his teams actually play much better on the road, but they certainly can run the ball, and we saw the Packers uh, pound the ball down the Cardinals' throats and kind of control the game that way last Thursday. So I'd ride with it. I don't love it. I feel like I'm just so burned out from going against the Cardinals, and, yeah. and we still had to stress out last Thursday, but it, it is the right side. Something, something was weird with Shani and I guess they we went against them with the Bears on Sunday and, and got burned, but but Chicago was in that game and the Niners defense really would, did not impress me a whole lot in that one. But Jimmy G, Jimmy G looked actually pretty good for Jimmy G and he, he rushed for two touchdowns too, which I didn't think he had in him. So maybe he's trying to show Trey Lance a, a thing or two. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the, the real, like, if I look at this game, I, I it feels like the Niners should be getting more points than this, honestly, but uh, it doesn't really, I, I should stop thinking about it and just ride. So the other thing I'll throw out is that, uh, Arizona, the, like the last two years with cliff, uh, they, they fade in the second half of the season. I think they had hot yep. starts in, in 2019 and 2020. Um, and then just, just kind of collapsed that second half of the season, uh, partially cause Kyler was kind of banged up, especially last year. Um, and this goes back to, to his Texas tech days too. Is that, I mean, he, he started off strong with, with I think in two seasons at Texas techs and then his teams just fade for whatever reason. Um, so maybe it's something to do with the coaching. I don't know. I think it's yeah, the bags I, under his eyes. 
you know, he gets real that's, sleepy that's as mean. the year goes Come on. on. <laughs> that's not, we don't, we don't judge people on their looks. Uh, but Mark, that, that's a great point. I mean, they were obviously, they started the year last year, I think five and two, and then they lost, uh, you know, four of their next five games. So it's, it's been a trend. The look ahead, I don't know if it's a look ahead, but the Action Network app shows that this line opened at San Francisco minus five, and now they're plus one and a half. So yeah, I think that's, maybe that's, that's before, before the season. season. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. weird that your your app's before the season because I, I don't think my look ahead line says that. But I wonder if it's because I'm locked in on the Westgate and maybe that's they open the lines later or something. I, I don't know. I bet that's what it is. Yeah. 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 Just, yeah. That's weird. No, it says I, minus five. You're absolutely right. So. Okay. By the way, I mean, separate to this, we're going to break the fourth wall here. Mark, Rashawn Holmes just got thrown out of the Sacramento uh, New Orleans basketball game. And we, you and I are going head to head in fantasy basketball this week. So I <laughs> <laughs> note that this is being played under protest. It was a shitty fucking call. It's a win wow. for me. Rashawn Holmes <laughs> working yet, his way into the home long, dogs. But, oh, Jesus. Uh, all right. All right. Tra- Trav, what do you have uh, top of your board this week? Yeah, I, this one could be controversial too, maybe. Um, not not wedded to it, but I like Tennessee getting seven and a half against the Rams. Rams are getting 75% of the bets, 90% of the money, so all the actions on that side. The look ahead here was four and a half, so the line's extended a field goal with with Henry being out. Um, but a lot of the models that Mike, you sent around this week seem to have this under a touchdown, and one was it just a field goal spread in the game. Uh, Tennessee under Vrabel is 18 and 11 against the spread. Um, this year, four of their six wins outright or as an underdog including us as a as a six and a half point dog in seattle in week two and as a six point dog against buffalo uh the rams are below 500 as a home fave under mcveigh uh they're two and two against the spread this year is seven and a half point faves are greater the two matchups that that worry me and like really worry me i should say like they're big big red flags rams passing matchup against the tennessee pass defense which which is average then the Rams are second in the league in sacks, and Tennessee gives up three a game, which is good for fifth worst in the league. So those those I don't love. Um, but getting over the field goal, I think, is interesting enough. It, it's interesting to me that Tennessee's 20th in DVOA. Um, you know, they have some decent wins on paper. I know the team's not perfect, but they do play hard for Vrabel, and I think he's a good coach. Uh, and the Rams, frankly, have been beating up on pretty bad teams. I think they have only one win, really, over a playoff team. Uh, or a team that I would expect to be in the playoffs looking at everything now. So this just seems like a spot getting over a touchdown um, with Derrick Henry out, which I know hurts, but you're getting three points for your troubles. So uh, I like I like the Titans here. And you get Adrian Peterson with your troubles too. Well, I mean, that's... I don't, I don't know if he's going to play. I, I, I think it's TBD. It sounds like he's going to play. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like he's been, he's just been ready, just waiting for this opportunity. Yeah. So that's that's true. I don't doubt that. <clears throat> I, I love this game. I, I, I love your case. Um, when you said Rabel was 18 and 11 against the spread, was that a specific? Uh, since um, he joined. So he's coached there since 2018. So it's just. Oh, just oh, wow. That's, that's, that's really good. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like week one, Chicago is getting like seven and a half on the road in Los Angeles. I feel like Tennessee is a much better team. Um, and I just love that. Like, I feel like this is, you know, the resounding wisdom is that our running backs don't matter. And I tend to agree with that. Uh, as good as Derrick Henry is, and for him to swing the, for him to be out and the the point spread to change by three points is pretty crazy to me. So um, I think it's it's a lot of value um, getting those extra points. And yeah, I, I'm all in on this. This was in my top five. Yeah, don't have to convince me on this one. Also, I just wanted to point out some things that I kind of researched to to go on the other side of myself since I like this immediately. Also, Ryan Tannehill four and ten against the spread in primetime games. 
Mm. And I also just think that the Titans last three wins are all very good and very dramatic for yep. them. Just uh, beating the Colts on the road in overtime. Then they blew out the, the Chiefs the week before that. Then the week before that, they uh, beat the Bills on Monday Night Football. So three pretty high profile wins. I guess, you know, they're playing the Rams on Sunday football now, so there's not really a letdown spot for them. Maybe that's coming next week. So I'm fine to ride with it. That does just worry me a little bit that they've had these three really kind of important wins for them. And they're kind of now after they beat the Colts, they, they can sleepwalk to a fucking division title in the AFC uh, South. South. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. In the last couple of weeks, we've been saying that they play really well with Frabel as an underdog. And I mean, you know, they've been yeah. the dog four times this year. It's six and a half points, six points, four points and three points. They've won all four of those games outright. Um, they don't have to win this one outright. You know, I'd be fine at, 24 17 or 24 20 something like that would be great if they could keep that rams defense a little low scoring which i doubt they can so i'm sure those numbers are totally off but i i don't know it just feels like closer than a touchdown game to me the only concern i have i I just don't know like how that team reacts if like derrick henry is like a true like leader like in the locker room like do do the players get down and i don't know lay an egg i don't know i'm just thinking out loud win one for derrick yeah, yeah, win one for Derek, and and the Rams just let these teams hang around no matter who they play. They do. Uh, I mean, I know they go up like thirty-eight nothing on the Texans last week, but then they didn't cover. So, no. well, the Rams schedule. I mean, that's like the dirty secret is they really don't have a good win outside of Tampa Bay. I mean, like the, the Chicago, Indy, they lost Arizona, Seattle, the Giants, Detroit, and Houston. Like, yeah, this this, this schedule is a joke. Okay. I, yeah, I pencil this in with the Colts uh, if we're locking five on on Thursday. You get two AFC South teams, our favorite division. Let's let's lock it up. Maybe we even throw the Texans in there too. We can get to them later. Let's calm down. <laughs> let's calm down. Deep right, sigh. No, we do have to wait on Tyrod Taylor. Uh, <laughs> all right, so we like we like Tennessee. We like Indy. We like San Francisco. I think the number one game for me, and I'm guessing you guys are going to agree on this one, but I I do like the Falcons getting six points in New Orleans uh, against, I guess, Trevor Simeon or Taysom Hill and the Saints coming off that big win over the Bucks. Just a great fade the uh, New Orleans team after that emotional win over Tampa Bay when Jameis goes down with the ACL. Don't really have any stats to back it up. I just think it's just the right spot for Atlanta. And uh, Atlanta sucks. We've had some great times going against them this year, but I got to think that Matt Ryan on the turf against the team that he's played a lot in his career will be able to at least make a few things happen. Sucks that Calvin Ridley's gone, but maybe we get a big game from Pitts and our buddy Cordell Patterson. We haven't backed him at all this year. <laughs> Let's do it. Mark, you like this one? Yeah. Yeah. This was in my, my top five as well. Um, I, I think there's, there's value. The trends look great. I think it's 75% of the money is on Atlanta, but 57% of the bets are on new Orleans. That interests me. Um, I feel like this is like a natural letdown spot for the Saints after that kind of big, uh, big home win against the Bucks last week. Um, I was just looking at last year's schedule. Uh, the Saints went one and one against the spread after their their Tampa Bay wins last year. Um, if it's going to be Taysom Hill, he he is three and one straight up and, and against the spread as a QB starter. Um, it's funny. I don't know if you guys remember. We actually took uh, yeah. Atlanta against New Orleans both times last year with Taysom Hill uh playing they they didn't cover any either game but i feel like they do remember the second one there like that was i think it was in atlanta and wasn't atlanta like driving to cover 
Uh, yes. They were yeah, down eight. And like something I think they could have kicked happened. a field goal and they fumbled or something. That's that's right. Something yeah. like that. There was a girly we, run where he lost like eight yards on one yes. play. <laughs> yes, it was like second and two. <laughs> yeah. And somehow he was <laughs> third and ten. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, we could kill any team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I love the spot for them. I, I'm all in. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, Mark, you said the, the bet and money split, which I love. You know, it, it's eye-opening that Atlanta is the worst DVOA team in the league. It's a little bit surprising to me. Um, you know, the line look ahead was five. Now it's six. I was gonna had a, I had in my notes that while we all love Jameis, I'm not sure what the real downgrade is to Simeon, who's had some success. And obviously, you know, Vegas doesn't think there's much of a downgrade either. Um, now, if it is Taysom, I to me, I, I don't know if I don't know what to do with Taysom. I don't really care if he plays or not. Um, Malcolm Jenkins, Jenkins did miss practice today for the Saints, so I like that. Uh, the Atlantic passing attack has improved actually pretty significantly over the last few weeks. So they're up to 7.3 yards per attempt in the last three weeks. Uh, they were closer to six before that. So that's moved them from the bottom of the league into the middle of the pile, um, which is pretty good. And remarkably, this this surprised me a little bit. Uh, Mark, uh, Matt Ryan doesn't get sacked too much. Um, they've turned over the ball a lot the last few weeks, but maybe we get some reversion there. But I think they've only give up like a, a sack and a half a game, which is like seventh or eighth in the league. So not too bad. Um I think six points is way too much. Pete, and Pete, Pete's gone for New Orleans, right? The offensive lineman. They didn't just lose. Yeah, he's That's what they lost him too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, can we talk about how impressive Simeon was kind of coming in to that game? I, I, I did not expect that to happen, him to play yeah. that well. I mean, first of all, like, right, the guy has legitimate experience as a starter in the league. He he wasn't terrible when he started. But then there's also, like, you know, you come into that game at home, there's, like, a lot of, I mean, to me, just watching it, like a lot of adrenaline and, you know, he's successful working with the guys that he practices with, like the second and third string guys, like some tight end that never caught the ball. You know, Kevin White got involved on that one long pass play. Like these are the guys that he practices with and that's successful, you know, kind of in the heat of the moment. But, you know, when you have a week to prepare and he knows he's going to be playing with the guys at the top of the roster, like I think it does change a little bit. That comfort goes away a little bit. Um, totally. totally. I, I don't know. I just, I, I think to me, it's, totally different somebody coming in you know with all that adrenaline versus you know having to prepare and think about this for a week yeah i was just more like impressed that he was able to be competent like he picked up yeah. some huge third downs like it was just really yeah. really surprising and the he saints really finally had the uh, and the saints had the turnover luck last week too which totally. uh they they obviously didn't have in the, in the playoffs against the bucks but brady with two picks and the fumble so yeah that's got to come back yep. you guys were right for a week on brady <laughs> <laughs> I know. I thought he was going to burn us there. I was really, I was really worried at the end of that game. It seemed like there, that game had been going on for like three hours, and there was still like three minutes left in the third quarter. And I was like, "Oh shit, the Saints are going to blow this without Jameis." But they held on for us, which was great. Um, Mark, what other, uh, what else do you have left in your top five? It seemed like we named them all. Uh, I got uh, two more. Um, Denver. Uh, are they getting eight and a half in nine, Dallas? Nine and a half. Nine and a half. Wow. Um, so I, I don't think we could figure out what the before the season look ahead was that for this, if it was three and a half or four and a half, um, something like that. So I think the line is definitely inflated. Uh, Dallas has been super popular. They're, they're undefeated against the spread. Um, Teddy, 7-1 against the spread as an underdog of seven or more points in his career, um, including three and one last season in Carolina. Uh, Teddy only has six total turnovers in eight games this season. I thought that was kind of surprising. Um, I, I, I just fully expect that the Cowboys to regress at some point. Um, like I said, they're seven, ago, seven and zero against the spread this season. Um, 
they're one of only three other teams since 1990 to start the season seven and zero. There's also the uh, 2007 Patriots, the 2000, 2008 Titans, and the 2018 Chiefs. All started seven zero against the spread. Um, those other teams went one and two against the spread in their eighth game. Uh, the only undefeated eight and eight and zero against the spread team was the Patriots in oh seven, and they obviously uh, went went to go undefeated straight up uh, that year. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's like a, a decent spot to maybe get some value. It sucks going against the Cowboys again, um, but willing to keep riding this uh, go, going against Dallas because it's clearly going to be inflated going forward um, until they don't cover a game. So. Yeah, I, I didn't have it circled, but I can live with it. I mean, I hated what happened uh, on Sunday in that Denver game watching, you know, having to stress the end of that game out with. Uh, yeah, we need to talk about that. For it a second. was it, we, we should we should <laughs> we should talk about that. We had but, Denver minus. Uh, what was this? Minus three against Washington. Yeah. Denver's up 17 to 10. They stop Washington on fourth down in like on like their 20 yard line. Denver gets the ball with like 50 seconds left and they proceed to fumble on first down and recover it then throw an incomplete pass inexplicably <laughs> when they could have just knelt the ball on all three plays and then on third down melvin gordon actually fumbles it back to to washington to give them another four downs like how did we almost lose that game i've never seen a poorer display of ending game coaching than what we saw from fangio and Shermer. just freaking awful right trev i i think i texted at that point like when they got the stop on fourth down the first time. I was like, all right, I'm turning the, the game off to do <laughs> bath did. time or whatever. And I'm walking away because there's no way they could possibly blow this. And then all the texts are like, you can't do that. What the fuck is happening? So I had to come back and turn it on. That was really brutal. Um, I, it's inexplicable. I don't know what to that say. That was an incredible sequence. Like, I, I, I know we, like, I think, Trev, you threw out the stat that Melvin Ingram hadn't fumbled in, like, 230 carries. Like, I swear I've seen him fumble, like, five times in the last year. I totally agree. I don't know. They said it on the broadcast, and I just, you know, I let, I whatever, passed it along. But I agree with you. I mean, it feels like he fumbles every time he touches the ball. Yeah. Unbelievable. I love um, Denver was really frustrating just to watch. Like I love the weapons and it just like never gets going. Shermer's play calling is awful. He, um, he's not an NFL coordinator. He fucking sucks. Yeah. I'm sorry. We lived through him as the head coach in New York and it was bad. And honestly, I've totally forgotten about it. Like nothing stands out to me about that period of my life. Um, but he, he does not belong as a coordinator in this league. He's fucking terrible. So this, this is going to be the biggest number that Dallas is going to be laying the entire year so far. So, so I'm annoyed that have... it's nine and a half in the contest. It's because it's 10 everywhere else. I'm, I'm hoping that when the circle lines come out tomorrow, it's 10 because I'd be much more inclined to take it there than the nine and a half. Yeah, I don't disagree. Um, I, I'm not opposed to this at all. It's interesting to me that Denver wasn't favored at all this year or excuse me, wasn't favored at all last year. And this is only going to be the second time they're going to be an underdog this year. They've been favored in, I don't know, whatever this says, seven of their eight games or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, They were only dogs in that Thursday night game against Cleveland. And now they're getting 10 points. So, you know, they're four and four against the spread um, as a dog in these games, or as a a favorite. Sorry, this is all going to get confusing, but as a favorite in these games. Um, I don't know. Dallas is really freaking good. We still don't know about Dak. Which it's is interesting that the line's this big at this point in the week. I guess it's got to yeah, be playing, but he's de- yeah, I feel like he's definitely playing. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I, I think uh, I, I thought I read that Tyron Smith, their left tackle, might be out. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Denver's the right side. I mean, yep, I agree. 
we're running uh we're running hot on dogs so far this week other than the colts so maybe we need time to work some fave. i'm gonna work a fave into the mix right now i'll, I'll keep it in the afc west uh, i'm gonna go with my big square play of the week which i'm gonna have a hard time being talked out of uh the chargers laying one and a half at philly everybody just saw the eagles just totally destroy the lions who are completely hapless at this point after playing so many close games uh they're also banged up but I just think Hertz is still pretty bad. Eagles are not a good team. Sirianni is not a good team. I like that the Chargers are coming off uh, back-to-back losses. Uh, they played well against New England, just just didn't make the plays when they needed to. Uh, teams that are... Here's a stat. What am I looking for? Teams coming off a 35-plus point uh, victory are 46 60 and 5 against the spread the following week so that applies to the eagles i think they won by 38 against detroit so i just think it's a it's a nice letdown spot a good spot to fade philly i'm not scared by the Chargers going on the road and i know it's i know it's a horribly square play but if we only have one this week i would like it to be this one mark what do you think here yeah, I don't have much uh, notes on this game. Um, I, I agree. Probably a good good spot to fade Philly coming off a blowout win. Uh, I do love Staley, obviously. Um, I, I feel like Philly in general just doesn't really pass the eye test. Um, just kind of watching some of their other games, you know, the Dallas primetime disaster. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can get involved. Um, I feel like under a field goal, uh, I'm interested. Yeah, I agree. Um both of these teams, if you look, have had really tough schedules. I think Philly's played two F- AFC West teams already. They lost forty-two to thirty to Kansas City and lost thirty-three twenty-two to the to the Raiders. The Chargers have beaten both of those teams already. Um, I think this is. I agree with you, Mike. It is square, but it's. I think it's the right side on the field, um, and so I, I'd keep it in the mix. I mean, before the season, look ahead was was Chargers minus three, hmm. minus three, yeah. Yeah, I feel like we're we're buying back in on them pretty low, even if they're going to be popular. So, yeah. Well, well, part of me is thinking like you know, underdogs, you know, had their their day in the sun last week. Like maybe there's a little aggression. Yeah. Maybe we kind of tilt more towards the favorites and more the square public plays covering this week. I, I don't well, know. We haven't named any yet, other than this one. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but also, like the, the year has been, you know, heavy favorites for the most part. So last week we, you know, we did well. We finally got a week where the the dogs outperformed. Mm-hmm. Um, but it could be a, it's either a blip or, you know, finally the tide's turning back towards us. That's what, that's what, that's what does scare me about Denver and, and sort of the big dogs this week. I like the the smaller dogs you mentioned, uh, sort of San Francisco and Atlanta and I guess even Tennessee started out as a smaller dog and that line's inflated because of the Henry stuff. But I know we've what, seen so many blowouts. What, one other thing to throw out, road, road teams are 63 and 59 straight up this year and then 67, 54 and one against the spread this year. Mm. So I feel like people are still, you know, discounting or overcounting home field advantage to a degree. Yeah. Yeah. Home dogs did not work out for us last week. Saints came through, but bears could've, failed. Could have jet up. Could have jetted up. You're right. Could have, would have, should have. Um, that was my square play. Uh, Trav, do you have any square plays this week? No, I have two other circles on the board. Um, one of them. I'll leave and I'm sure it'll come up here, but the other one, and you guys can shoot me down on this totally, but um, the Jaguars getting 14 and a half at home against the bills who are getting all the money in the action. Uh, I hate suggesting it, but Buffalo has already covered 18 and a half against Houston earlier this year. And then we got the absolute miracle gift um, covering 13 and a half against Miami last week, which they did not have any business covering. Uh, they've beaten some really 
terrible teams, which obviously the Jaguars are. Um, but I think they're just running on thin ice here covering these big numbers. So um, it's crazy that for as bad as the Jaguars are, this is their biggest spread or the most points they're getting by over a touchdown. Um, and then the over-under is 48 and a half. So they're getting 14 and a half points. So I like that percentage. But again, you, you can talk me out of this, but it just feels like Buffalo is running a little bit on borrowed time against with these big numbers. Yeah, for some reason, I thought this was a Buffalo home game. Uh, so I actually had Buffalo circled, but um, now that it, it's a road game, uh, I'm intrigued by my, my well, Don't forget, to be fair to you, you just said that, that home field advantage doesn't mean as much as here. So <laughs> don't, you, know, if you, you can make the case for Buffalo. It's okay. Well, I was thinking like Jacksonville just playing Seattle, and now they're going to fly back home, then they got to go back up to Buffalo. I was thinking that'd be a lot to do, but I don't know. I, 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 you're right. It's a ton of value. That's That's insane. Um, I, I love that 85% of the bets and 96% of the money is on Buffalo right now. Um, yeah, I feel like nobody's gonna be on it. And maybe this is a good time to back, buy back in. Nobody's ever going to be on the Jacks. Yeah. Yeah. This line was 10 and a half, um, a week ago before the season was six and a half. Us fate. I just want to remind you what happened last week. Cause us fading <laughs> Jacksonville was the easiest cover we've had all year with Seattle and Gino. So they couldn't even cover, couldn't even be competitive against Geno Smith. And I know I texted you this during the game, but Urban Meyer wasn't wearing a headset during the game. So, <laughs> I mean, I think that tells you all you need to know about what's going on in Jacksonville right now. He was just pacing the sidelines, doing the Brady Hoke uh, for Michigan. <laughs> doing just... the Brady Hoke. Won the Sugar Bowl his first year, people forget. Yeah. What, so actually, why, aren't, why isn't like the mainstream media making a bigger deal? Because no Urban. one cares. No, I agree. I don't think anyone cares. We've moved on to so many other NFL stories with the Rodgers COVID. We'll get to that game in a second and anything that happened with Gruden and whatever. There's just, we move on in the, in the cycle and they're just such a dreadful product on the field. Um, I did have this stat. I'm not on the Bills, but just as far as advocating for a stay away, Bills obviously 135 nothing in Florida already this year against the Dolphins and uh, two touchdown favorites coming off a two touchdown win are 23 12 and one against the spread the following week and the bills already did this this year when they beat the dolphins 35 nothing and then follow that up with a 43 21 victory over washington and then follow that up with a 40 to nothing victory over the texans and then follow that up with a 38 to 20 victory over the chiefs so they've done it they did it four straight times earlier in the year then they lost a game i don't know i feel like they they played what worries me is that the bills played really shitty on sunday and still eked out that two touchdown victory and the Jags are probably worse than the Dolphins at this point in the season. I know that I know the Jags beat them in London, but I don't really care about that. That's fair. That's yeah. tough. I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I just, yeah, I, I definitely think there's value though. Um, there's my, always, there's always value, yeah, right? But yeah, this, maybe this year, maybe this is the time to take Jacksonville, but yeah. it just, it, to me, it's, it's less about the time to take Jacksonville and more the time to go against Buffalo. I mean, you just laid out, a hell of a case, Mike, to avoid this game, but they, they've blown out teams in every one of their wins so far this year. Like eventually they're going to have one that's a little mm -hmm. bit closer. Now it does bother me that I think outside of the Pittsburgh game last week against the dolphins was their lowest scoring output of the year. Um, so maybe the offense ramps back up this week and that would scare me. But um, anyway, James Robinson, I know we don't like running backs, but I think James Robinson is done for uh, Jacksonville. Also done. He's said. He's out. Yeah, I think we're looking at Carlos Hyde as a starting running back this week, so you can get excited about that. Uh, that Seattle game was rough. I don't know. I didn't watch. 
<laughs> I mean, I feel like who nobody, no public person is going to uh, bet on Jacksonville this week. No, you're right. It's I a, it's watched a, that. It's a good spot. Watch. It's a good spot. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So we got the Jags. Let me see what else we got left here. Uh, I guess I have a light circle. There's not much we can do with it. So if you do have the Jags, we already have Indiana and Tennessee as three AFC South teams. Uh, I did make that joke earlier, but I, I do think if Tyrod plays and we might not know until Saturday, them getting six and a half in Miami is a no brainer. And maybe it'll be popular for that reason, but they, they kept Coxie, our boy. Um, they still have Philip Lindsay, a, a decent defense, I guess they Davis Mills has just run his course and is completely awful at this point. And I think everyone, and the NFL knows how to play him, but if Tyrod comes back, maybe it gives the team some juice. And I don't see a reason why the Dolphins are laying six and a half points against anybody at this point. So I would touch it, obviously, if it's Mills, but if it's Tyrod, maybe it's something we have to consider on Saturday. Any any other thoughts there? Or that's pretty much it. I have nothing to add. I mean, just monitor the injury news and play that against whatever the live line is and see what the contest lines are. And if it works, I, I think I'd consider it. But we're not. I did have this nugget. Texans game margin this year is fifteen and uh fifteen point two five, which which is a lot and all. Wow. But yeah. uh teams that are uh, at fourteen or worse in their margin of victory in week five or later are ninety six, forty eight, and one against the spread. So mm. obviously that probably just means they're getting really huge lines. So yeah. Yeah. I'm not I'm not put much credence into it, but whatever. If Tyrod's back, this- I'd roll. I just pulled something up looking at for this game, but then it strikes me about the Rams game. Like, you know, the Detroit and Houston are two of the worst, what three or four teams in the league. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, The Rams really fought in that lions game and won by nine in Houston. They won by 16, but I mean, still Houston, they've gotten blown out by everybody else in the world. I don't know. It just strikes me that the Rams, you know, the record is supported by their shitty schedule, but they played a lot of bad teams pretty close. Actually. Yeah, I wouldn't say a lot. They put a couple of bad teams very close. I mean, they blew out the Giants, obviously, but obviously, do we think the uh, the Von Miller acquisition is gonna? I don't move, think it matters. At all? No. Do you think it was weird to me that that they traded Kenny Young like two weeks ago because he had a good game? I forget that. I think it was after the Detroit game. He played okay, and then they traded him. And I, I don't know if maybe it was just like timing mismatch to get him out before they get Von in. But that seemed like a weird move at the time. But I know they play different positions. But I don't know. If if we did end up taking Jacksonville, Atlanta, and Houston, those are the three worst teams in DVOA. So get excited for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, boy. Uh, I don't. I guess the only game I had left. Uh, Mark, what do what do you have? I, my, mine are weird. Let me go on. Uh, I'm out, but I, I'll. Okay. If, if I had to cho- choose a next game, I, I think I'd either choose one of the NFC or AFC North teams. Um, I'm kind of intrigued by Baltimore where they weigh in seven in the contest. Six. Six. Okay. Um, you know, Minnesota obviously coming off that prime time debacle. John Harbaugh, nine and five against spread off a bye. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like this is kind of similar. I love that, you know, Baltimore uh, before their bye week lost that, that blowout game to Cincinnati. I feel like it's, it's going to be a get right spot for them. Um, don't love that Minnesota's coming off a loss as well, but um, I don't know, kind of similar to uh, when we took the Packers against the the Washington football team a few weeks ago. I, I feel like it's you know a decent favorite to to maybe take a chance on. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm always good going back to Baltimore for a win. Um, I hate Kirk, and he just crushed 
crushed us you know, the other night, but it does feel like I don't know. Minnesota tends to play some of these games. Maybe it's just like in my mind, I have this vision of them playing one o'clock games as it starts to get cold out and they're like low scoring affairs. That worries me a little bit just because I have that image in my head, but there's nothing on the field to suggest that, you know, Baltimore can't beat this team up pretty good. I am Minnesota fucking sucks. And um, <laughs> I don't know, but it's not primetime Kirk. So who knows? Maybe he comes back and has a big day, but I, but I could definitely keep it in the mix. And I got another good uh, Kirk Cousins stat for this one. He's one in 10 against the spread against teams coming off a bye. Completely. Wow. Well, I like that. But uh, hmm. a lot of purple in this game. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you want to talk about Cousins on Sunday night. I think how many times Trav could have texted another pass thrown behind the line of scrimmage, another one thrown behind the line of scrimmage, and then just bumping up that same text over and over again. It's absolutely maddening, whatever the hell the Vikings think they're doing on offense, considering I, I, they have Justin Jefferson and Thielen. It makes no sense. Yeah, I, I don't understand what the idea is of the offense. I don't understand what they think they're trying to do, but it's, it's just not working. I mean, first of all, with the two running backs they have, you could try and just run the ball all day. But if you don't want to do that, you could try and throw the ball to Thielen and Jefferson too. They opt not to do that. So I just don't, un- I don't get it. I just, they, they have more weapons than they try to play with. And I don't know what the fuck he was doing. I, you know, Shermer, I, I, well, Shermer's not there obviously, but, um, his imprints are still there. I don't know. It's just fucking weird. I, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I feel like we're, we're too emotional about the Vikings in this game. That That's my me. worry. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we put that one to the side. Uh, the other AFC North game, I, I I guess is the uh, Cleveland Cincinnati matchup. Uh, Cincy laying two and a half. I'd be inclined to take Cincy here. Um, Stefanski now zero and seven against the spread in the division. We had uh, we were on Pittsburgh last week, which we sweated out. I don't know. The Browns just look freaking atrocious. Something's wrong with Baker. Uh, the Odell situation's weird. Browns have won five of the last six in, in this matchup overall. Browns are way more desperate for a win. That worries me, but I do like that the Bengals are coming off a loss to the Jets. I think they'll be focused here, and their defense, as Trav described last week, is is salty. So, uh, yeah, I'd probably ride Bengals, but I don't need to force this in either contest. Did you feel strongly about it? I, I didn't think there was a, a ton of value. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if this was based off last week, but somehow Cincinnati's 21st in DVOA now. Um, Cleveland's sixth. Wow. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like these these teams play close games. L- l- last year they played two close games. Uh, one of them was a Thursday night game. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know what to, I don't know if, what what the Browns' health situation is. Is, is DPJ back? Um, <laughs> Tell yeah. me, people's Jones for all you fans out there. Mm. Yeah, there's just probably no value on this, right? I, I I don't I don't actually know about that. I I don't know why this is under a field goal. Honestly, like I, I don't I don't get it. Cleveland doesn't look right. They've scored 17 or fewer points in four of their last five games. Um, Cincinnati's actually trended the other way. They've scored 35 points in their last 35 points per game in their last three, but only 27 on the year. So their offense is moving up. Uh, Cleveland, you know, part of that is you know they played a game with Case and the running back injuries, but you know, that, that offense appears to be moving backwards. Um, I just don't see why this is under a field goal. I mean, who's the better team right now? Yeah, I don't care about last week. Like, yeah, Cincinnati lost to the Jets in, in Giants Stadium. Like, so did the Titans. And they're 6-2 they're and yeah. two and have beaten good teams. Like, it happens. So, yeah, I mean, DVA uh, would, DVOA would say that 
Cleveland's a way better team, but yeah, I know they they would, but that's bizarre. One of those yeah. things I just don't really get. Like, yeah, I agree. You know, it's not the Bible, even though no, I know, you know I, I no. like to quote it when it helps my yeah. cases. But sixty-seven percent of the bets are on Cincy, fifty-two percent of the money's on Cleveland. Uh, I just feel like it's a buy low spot for both teams, but you're buying way lower on the Browns than you are on the Bengals. That's a, in, a, in a matchup that's see, historically really, really close. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Well, the matchup has been close and you, I mean, you took a lot of my points saying that, you know, they've since he's lost five of the last six, but um, I don't know. I think the Cincinnati upside is so much higher than what Cleveland's is that, mm. you know, you're buying low on different potential outcomes. So I don't know. I, I like Cincy, but I, I don't, I did not have a circle on it, but I did like them. I just for don't the, see why, why this is less than a field goal. It doesn't no, make any right. sense. You're right. For all the coaches that we we really like showered with love earlier in the year, Stefanski, Staley, and even Rule, like those three teams are really struggling right now. Yeah. Um, all right. I, I, I could get involved. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think Trav, you make, make good points. Uh, you're right. Since he's, their offense is fantastic, Cleveland's obviously struggling. Makes sense. Um, yeah. Okay. Odell is, I think we're at the point where we can all agree that he is a net negative wherever he is. Yeah. Well, I just yeah, you called like he, that. He's not going to play this week. week. One. Yeah. Oh, he's not going to play this week because he's unhappy or something else. It sounds like they just basically told him to get lost. No, I mean, I think they're going to release him. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. I can't make it up. Um, what else is there? Uh, Las Vegas at Giants. I don't even want to talk about that game. Um. <laughs> I, I did think it was kind of crazy um what was it two or three weeks ago carolina was getting plus three or, or uh three-point favorites in, in new york and now the raiders arguably a better team are, are also three-point favorites i thought i don't know it's kind of interesting carolina got blown out in new york too i know yeah Do you, so you would be on the giants here uh yeah mm-hmm. I don't, I, well i mean what i said would probably imply that i would, would be on the raiders but um, yeah I, I'm kind of intrigued by the Giants. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I mean, they've covered, what, they lost two or three weeks? Lost two weeks? The Giants? Yeah. Yeah, I guess they have. They, I only had this written down for this game. I don't know if it applies to any other games, but short faves off a of bye are 51-32-5 and five against the spread, and road favorites off a of bye are 71-50-2 and two against the spread. So both of those stats favor the Raiders. What do you guys think as Giants fans? I don't know if I can think anything clearly. This game just feels like a pure stay away to me. I mean, coming off the Monday night game that they should have won in Kansas City and then everything going on in Las Vegas with rugs and you know, yeah. still in the wake of the Gruden thing. I just don't know what to expect. It feels like there's a lot of volatility. Um, so I prefer not to get involved, but... Yeah. It's so funny, like... Me as a Jets fan, I feel like I'm always looking to play. Yeah, but I hate, guys, I hate every team that I've been for. You guys as Giants fans, you never want to play the Giants. Well, because you still like watching your team play games, whereas we want nothing to do with... Like, if I have an excuse to not watch the Giants game and just watch our games, that makes me way happier as a football fan. Yeah. Um, thankfully, we got to at least watch Peyton and Eli talk about the Giants on, on Monday night, which made that game more palatable, even though... Jason Garrett's play calling was atrocious, and so was Joe Judge's uh, timeout and clock management, which he's, I guess, blaming on headsets now. So, great. Maybe we'll get those fixed at home. I, I actually think, I mean, Mike, I'd be curious what you think, but like, I'm at the point with the Giants where 
this is going to sound crazy, but a guy like Jeff Fisher or somebody that has had success and is like kind of at least can stabilize what's going on because we're on the verge now of getting <laughs> Jeff Fisher and stabilize, huh? I, I get it. Like, he was yeah, in, he, he was in he, Tennessee he, for a long time. He was in with the Rams for a long time. Like I guess I we know. would Maybe take eight. I guess, guy, I guess but... we haven't gone eight and eight in a long time. So yeah, you're right. Hey, Mike, I would kill for eight and eight. I know, I know. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. like a Marvin Lewis. Yeah, but Marvin Lewis. Yeah, sure. I mean that one. I that may be a bridge too far, but <laughs> but okay. But the um, yeah, I mean just someone that could come in and like be a professional. I mean we're you know between Judge and Shermer and McAdoo, like these guys were all first time head coaches, and it just isn't working. Like something has to get stabilized here. It, it's not good. Yeah, that's bad. Uh, can we talk about Green Bay? Yeah, I was about to get to that. Uh, I'm surprised. No one brought it up earlier, but Packers are getting seven in the contest. We'll see if the Circa has maybe a hook at seven and a half. I would prefer that. But if we needed to throw in a dog, I would obviously throw in Jordan Love and the Packers at the Chiefs. I was really looking forward to pounding the cha- table for uh, Kansas City against Rodgers this week. I know we've had a lot of success with with Rodgers the last three weeks, but let's just keep the Packers love going, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I could definitely get involved. Um yeah, I've thrown out this backup QB thing, making their first start of the season. Uh, they're, they're 23 and 14 against the spread since 2018. Backup QBs making their first start. Um, Chiefs, 3, 15, and 1 against the spread since last November. Um, yeah, I, I feel like people are overreacting to Rodgers being out. Uh, the line obviously flipped a, a huge number. But, you know, Jordan Love, first round pick. Um, you know, I, I feel like he'll be decent. They'll have all their weapons in place. Yeah. I mean, if Adams is going to be back, I would definitely think about it. I don't know. It just feels like a spot that we should be kind of on Green Bay here. You know, the Green Bay defense, I don't know what the statistics say, but just watching them a lot, I feel like they've been better than they have been in the past. So I like that. Yeah. Kansas City, something's still off with them. Like, I still think that they, their problem with the weapons, like they just don't have enough diversity. They have guys that just run deep. Like Kelsey's a tight end that can catch the ball, but he appears to be maybe deteriorating a little bit, if we're honest, and he doesn't block. So they have no real running game to speak of. I just, it's not working right now. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think you look at this and it's like, oh, Mahomes against no Rodgers, it you should be all over Kansas City, but I, I don't think that's the case. I, Kansas City is just not a good football team right now. Yeah. All right, I'm in. Let's let's lock this one up. And... Well, I don't know about locking it up. I mean, okay. we can <laughs> okay. we can just okay. keep it in the All pool. Right. All right. All right. Fine. <laughs> um, only other games left before we have to make some decisions if we want to go ahead with Thursday. Uh, New England three and a half point favorites in Carolina. I feel like old us would be all over rule and the Panthers as a home dog, but they're pretty putrid last week, and we had them in Atlanta. I don't know. I, it seems like a trap trap rule game with the way the Patriots are playing. We should have been on them last week as Mark wanted us to be. Um, I will say the Patriots have been a consensus play, I think two or three weeks in a row now and covered all of them. So I know they're going to be a popular contest side perhaps. And then if you guys want to weigh in on that, you can, I just want to say that Chicago Pittsburgh on Monday night, I want no part of in this. <laughs> I want no part of watching it. Um, just no, just all I wrote was Chicago Pittsburgh. No. So, <laughs> Uh, any other final thoughts on the slate from you guys before we start whittling down? Uh, it, I just threw out the, the Belichick versus Darnold. Uh, 3-0 against the spread versus Darnold. Darnold has six picks in three games versus Bill. Seeing ghosts. 
two of those games, he, uh, the Jets didn't even score a TD against the Patriots. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to take Carolina um, and agree uh, on the no on Chicago-Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, I have nothing else to add. Uh, it the could only, be PJ thing Walker that, the too. only thing that I'll say about that Chicago game, the only note that I have written down is that we lost New Orleans, you know, two weeks ago on in Seattle because Seattle had a single 84 yard touchdown pass to DK and we lost Chicago this last weekend because they had the long screen pass mm. uh, touchdown. And I think Chicago actually played okay, even though the final score wouldn't indicate that. Um, so that's one where the score may be a little bit overinflated, but that defense still is not been very good and you can't really support the offense. So I'm, I'm totally fine staying away. I'm just, I don't think I, I agree. Chicago played okay in the first half. I don't know what the hell happened to the defense in the second half. I don't know if you, you, you probably didn't see much of it, but they just completely collapsed. And it was not just that screen pass, which is totally embarrassing. But every time San Francisco got the ball in the second half, they just marched down the field and scored. It was awful. Yeah. Yeah. Totally okay. embarrassing. I'm good. Um, all right. So we have a lot of games here. If we want to take Indy on Thursday night, we have Indy, Tennessee, uh, San Francisco, Atlanta, Denver, the Chargers, the Jags, the Bengals, and the Packers. And then I have a maybe category as Baltimore and perhaps Tyrod, but I'd be willing to just say fuck the Texans and not get involved in that game either. Uh, so that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's nine, not including Baltimore and Houston. Uh, if we, if we just, what games stand out to either of you the most, if we're, if we're locking Indian and we're taking games on Thursday, I think the ones for me would be the Titans, uh, maybe the Bengals and the chargers and then Falcons or Niners as another dog. What about you, Mark? Uh, yeah, definitely more intrigued with the Bengals after doing this. Um, I mean, I, I look. I, you know, if, if you guys want to play indie, that's fine. I, I don't feel the need to force it. But. Anyway, I'm just, now that we have all these games, maybe we don't need to. It was just so fun last week, but maybe that's why we shouldn't try and Jones for for more Thursday action. Unless you really love it, Trav. Do you? Uh, I don't know, but really love it. I mean, I, I definitely like indie. That'd be one of my top five picks. Um, mm. And then it's like. You know, if you win it, you feel good going into the weekend. If you lose it, you know, we always say the late losses hurt more than the early ones. So that's, you can't get an earlier loss than Thursday night. So I don't know. I mean, the the biggest drawback is obviously you're locked into the, those other four games in the contest. But if we have ones, I mean, I could definitely lock in tomorrow, Tennessee, Atlanta, um, at, at least probably Cincy as well. So I think I could probably get there, but. Ten and a half, you know, we're gonna feel like fucking idiots with that hook if yeah. you know, the Jets come down to make it a ten point game. I, I'd still like to think about it for tomorrow though. Okay. We'll sleep on we'll sleep on the indie play. Obviously we'll tweet it out uh at home dogs pod on Twitter if we do get involved in the Thursday night game. And uh we have to then decide since we have identical records in both contests, which one we're gonna start aiming our quote unquote long shot deck towards um you know we're closer to the money in the super contest but the prize money is less and the circa so i don't know that's kind of a mind fuck overall for me i don't i don't really have any thoughts or guidance i'm just pointing out those facts do, do you guys uh at all think about like changing up the strategy like more double ups at all to you know capture maybe you know it, it seems like it's, it's harder obviously to pick 10 games correct as opposed to five um 
I guess, but last week, like we should have went eight and two. I I do feel well, we, we, Bill, Bills maybe shouldn't have covered. So just fine. just play devil's advocate. Fine, fine. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like we always we always pick it kind of a. This is going to sound cocky, but we're always picking it like a sixty percent around their clip, and then it's like we may just choose the wrong games. I don't know. The deeper pool to me, I think over time works out better for us. I agree. And the we other just haven't is, been able to pinpoint the doubles. And then when you get a double mm-hmm. loss, it like that's immediately big, means you're going three or two in both contests. Yeah. And that's the worst. Now yeah. the flip side of that is to Mark's point. There's a guy that's got three entries in the top of what Mark, the circa top 30, I think. Yeah. So he's got three of the top 30 in the circa and you're not doing that picking different games in each of those, you know, entries you're, you're doing that tweaking one or two games on the margin. Um, but you know, fuck that guy. <laughs> uh, yeah. I could probably ride with one or two this week, but certainly not more than that. I don't know. It's so much more fun to have more games too. And just, I would love to know if like we tracked and maybe we should do this going forward, but like if we just had to choose a side in each game, not for the contest, but just to mm-hmm. the side. And then it's like, all right, then take those picks and see what the record is. You know, I, I just, I do feel like I have this feeling that we're just better with a deeper pool of games. Like we pick games. Well, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, you're never going to win all of them. And we end up sometimes with, with the wrong ones in the contest. So maybe next year we should do three contests so they don't have to make any decisions. We just go <laughs> yeah, through each game yeah, and we have 15 yeah, picks yeah. each week. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, I'll say like for, for listeners and for our own egos, like we're very consistent. I mean, we, you know, I looked at the last three years in the super contest and we were 54.6% two years ago, 54.1% last year. And we're 54.8% or whatever it is this year, like, or 56% this year. Um, very consistent. So we should be very proud of ourselves. Yeah. yeah, just want to break out. That's all. Yeah. Yep. yep. Sort of had a mini breakout, so we'll keep it going this week. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Home Dogs Pod. We'll get our picks out to you on Saturday and or Thursday if we do get involved early. A lot of games in the mix. I, I know I'm juiced up after our our big weekend last uh, last Sunday, even though we got burned by Cousins on prime time. But it, it, it's so much fun to have a winning week. Obviously, I'm stating the obvious. But uh, Mark, let's send us out on uh, on some trivia here. Well, can we just do uh, announcers uh, first? You're right. Yeah, I wanted to take a guess because I actually didn't look. Oh, you didn't look at the announcers? I didn't look, yeah. Okay. Uh, so who, who's got the... Oh, so, okay. So KCGB is obviously... What is that? Is that a Fox game? Yeah, it's Buck and Aikman. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There's only three 4 o'clock games this week. Uh, Chargers, Philly, Green Bay, Kansas City, and Arizona, San Francisco. So a good chance we're involved in all three, which is exciting since the red zone can't get obsessed with one stupid game and, and then nance romo got to be doing patriots panthers nance romo are doing browns Bengals. oh okay nice well, i was thinking broncos cowboys yeah um but it's going to be a fox game now broncos cowboys is fox burkhart and greg olson mm-hmm. nance and romo is- have been just getting buried at one o'clock this year <laughs> they <laughs> rightfully so i, I think they're they're past I their know. i think he's past his prime hmm Browns and uh yeah they, they were on the they were on the Browns game last week with Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah. Anything else interesting that stands out to me? Noah keep Talib and Gus Johnson again. Uh Ian Eagles doing the Charters game, so that's exciting if we do take that one. And I think there's no Mannings this week, unfortunately. We're not watching anything Monday night. No Mannings and a terrible, <laughs> terrible game. Uh referees don't see who could screw us. Tony Carrente's doing the Bears 
Steelers game. So I feel like Tony's been lost, just totally lost. He, he last, needs uh, yeah. So another reason not to take that game. Uh, uh, sh- by the way, shout out to uh, Queet Bakeman, Blakeman for keeping us in that Minnesota Dallas game. Um, <laughs> he I know tried he's real hard. He yeah. did his he's best. Patriots Panthers this week. So, yeah. Hmm. Uh, I'll tell you when you watch these games, though, like when you actually focus in on the referees, right. And you see like Sean Hockley versus a Hussey game and like Hussey just, you know, there's a flag. He makes the call every Hockley flag, which again, they get clumped into like period, a couple of plays, you know, they decide to throw flags on every play. Um, he's got to review it with his, his crew. You know, there's a huddle after every fucking play. It's just the game slows down. It's crazy. It's unbearable to me. Sean's on a much-deserved bye week. So Mm, good good. for Sean. Maybe who knows what the hell he's doing. Uh, Land Clark, uh, who Trav coined as perpetually unimpressed doing the Bills-Jaguars game for us. I feel like, so Jerome is doing Chargers-Eagles. I feel like we haven't had a Jerome game all year. He did. Uh, yeah, he did Monday Night Football. Yeah, but that wasn't our game. Yeah, right. I'm yeah. saying we haven't had Jerome. Right. Good um, point. Good point. And Novocaine's doing Browns Bengals. That's the only uh, another thing. guy that I just can't yeah. take. Just yeah. So miserable. Eight eight one o'clock games this week. Three four o'clock games, and then Tennessee Rams on Sunday night, and then an awful Monday night game. So decent slate. Last week's slate was really awesome and exciting, aside from us winning. So. Mark, all right, let's do trivia because I got to get back in the win column this week. It's been too long. Okay. Uh, so just a listener trivia recap last week, I asked what defensive player has recorded the most pick sixes in NFL history? Uh, we had two people guess. Uh, Ian, in front of the program, guessed Darren Sharper. Uh, Darren Sharper is number two with 11 interceptions, currently serving a 20-year prison sentence. <laughs> Travis' buddy, Blake, two guesses. He, dra- he guessed Charles or Rod Woodson. Uh, Rod Woodson is correct. Rod Woodson had 12 pick sixes in his career. Uh, Charles Woodson is also tied for second with Darren Sharper with 11. So shout out to Blake. N- nice call there. Um, Kong had a great guess, actually, even though. Oh, I didn't catch that. What, what did Kong he guess? guessed Roman Harper. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> not, not, not even close, but a great <laughs> a great throwback uh, Saint safety there. Yeah, interesting. He may have been thinking Darren Sharper. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so for you guys this week, um, I, I have a score as Trav eight and a half, Mike, you at six and a half. Yeah, yep. Um, it's been so a rough stretch. Lead. I think you you were up four at one point this year. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the trade deadline happened this week. Um, there was a bit of movement. We we talked about Von Miller getting traded to the Rams. Melvin Ingram got traded to the Chargers. Chiefs. Oh, sorry, to the Chiefs. Yeah, sorry, he was a former Charger. Good. Um, Odell Beckham was almost traded, maybe. So I, I was thinking about maybe prior trades in NFL history and I settled on, can you name the only veteran wide receivers, what, meaning not a rookie um, or not a draft pick since 1994 to be traded for two first round picks? So the, the only wide receivers in NFL history to be traded for two first round picks. There's one the person. There, there's actually two. Okay. Am I going first here as the perpetual loser? Sure. Two first-round picks. Yes. I'm going to guess Randy Moss, but I don't think it's right. Mm-hmm. Randy Moss was traded for, for one first-round pick and a fourth-round pick, I think. Got it. I don't even know where to start. Yeah, Randy was traded for a first and a seventh to the Raiders. My first inclination would be it's people who are busts. but 
Yeah, but if they're veterans getting traded for two firsts, it's... I'm going to need some clues here, so I'm just going to throw out names. Uh, Peerless Price. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Peerless Price. Oh, I love that guess. It, it, it's not correct. But it's, for some I reason, I feel yet. like Baltimore is involved here. <clears throat> um, so that's what I'm you know. happy to give some hints if that's helpful. Yeah, let's, let's go for a hint. Why not? The first hint is that they were AFC to NFC trades, but both of them. Wow. Uh, Brandon Marshall? Uh, no, that's a good mm-hmm. guess. Good guess. Oh, he was AFC to AFC. Well, no, I think he was traded from Denver to the Bears or Bears to Denver. You're right. You're right. Denver Bears, then Miami, then Jets, then Giants. It was a Sterling Giants career for Brandon Marshall. You said AFC to NFC? Yes. Hmm. Yes. I could give another hint here, um, but I won't. I feel like we're going to go pretty far back. Since 94. Um, since 94, you said. Right? Since 94. Mm. Yeah. Since 1994. I don't know. Rod Smith. No, but I need more clues. Uh, no, I like that guess, though. Um, former Bronco. Uh, all right. Another hint. Both trades happened in the same same offseason. Mm. Mm. This guy was only in the NFC, I think. Uh <laughs> it's actually a lot harder than I anticipated. TJ Mazada? Uh no. By the way, Pierce Price was traded for a first round pick. That's a nice, <laughs> that's a nice really? call. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> traded to the Falcons, I think. Yeah. Hmm. I just had a guy in mind, but I forget who it was. This is a weird one. That's not gonna be right. Josh Gordon? No, not Josh Gordon. It's people we know, right? Yeah. Yeah, you definitely know both these guys. Okay. Andre Risen? Nope. That's a good guess. Andre Reed? Uh, Nope. Not Andre Reed. Do you guys want a... I forgot what I was going to say. I have a couple other guesses um, while you ponder. Do you want like the team one of the teams that they were on or one of the teams involved, one of the four teams involved. Sure. Your call, Mike, I, 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 more clues would help. Yeah. Yeah. Let's give just one team involved. Uh, Obviously we know the AFC teams are the traders and the NFC teams are the receivers. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Tampa Bay bucks. <laughs> Keyshawn. Keyshawn is correct. Great job. The jets traded him for two first round picks, 2000. Was the year? We should have gotten that earlier. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed yeah. in that one. A little disappointed. Mm. I think I know the other one now, but it's your, it's your guess. Tim Brown. Hmm. Good guess. I think. I don't know why these two trades are in my mind <laughs> now that we're going back in time. I think it might be Joey Galloway. That is correct. It's yeah. Joey Galloway. Mm. And so, I mean, I said AFC, NFC. I think Seattle at the time was, was an AFC, AFC team. Yeah. He was traded for, for two first-round picks at Dallas. Uh, it's funny. One of the picks turned into Sean Alexander, mm. uh, the Seattle running back. And I was looking at the, at the time of the trade. Joey Galloway's stats like weren't that impressive. I'm like wondering what, what Jerry Jones was thinking. Trading. 
between two first first round picks for him. Were they not impressive compared to receiving stats today or? Yeah, I think more to today. Like I think he yeah. had like one or two 1,000 yard seasons. Yeah. Which is kind of surprising. But how does Randy Moss not get a two first rounders? I because, guess he, yeah. Because didn't he sign with Oakland as a free agent? Oh, okay. I'm thinking of that. And then yeah. he was traded to the Patriots. Okay. No, I, no he, he was traded to Oakland. Was he? Yeah, for a first and seventh. I, I just think like he had checked out or something. There, yeah. There was like yeah. character, I think, concerns. Um, and then obviously Antonio Brown went for nothing. I'm trying to, and T.O. had some, had a bunch of trades. Yeah. I, I was looking at like the Ricky Williams compensation. Like, you know, when, crazy. He, when he was drafted. So I don't know if you guys know this. He, he was traded, the Saints traded a first round pick, a third round pick, a fourth, a fifth, a sixth, a seventh, and then a first and a third in the next year, all for Ricky Wow, to draft him at number five. Yeah. ESPN the Ditka. magazine cover with him and Ditka getting married. Yeah, so it's a classic. Yeah. I was going to throw a bonus question. Can you name the team that gave up the Ricky Williams pick and, and got all that compensation? The Saints? Oh, no, no, no. He's saying the Saints traded all those the players traded to, all that, be drafted, yeah. to draft them, right? Right. Oh, what, what right. was the team that, that traded the, the draft slot? Hmm. I never knew this. I, I don't know how you would know this. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Go for it. Just tell us. It's Washington. Oh, so they didn't do anything with that pick. Those picks. Uh, no, there's a, there's a lot of subsequent trades. One, one of them turned into Lavar Arrington. Some so that ones. year that they drafted Lavar Arrington, they drafted uh, Samuels. I think the tackle. They drafted those guys back to back. Oh well, okay. I, I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was another defensive player that was drafted with with Arrington. Courtney Brown. Well, he was yeah, the number it? one overall pick for Cleveland, though that was not. Oh, oh, they they were teammates in college. That's what it was. Yeah, that's what you're thinking. Yeah, of. yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Just right. before we get to your question mark, just some famous receiver trades that that make me excited for some reason. Uh, the Santana Moss Lavernius Coles swap always amused me. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Patriots got a first rounder for Dion Branch, Seattle. Yeah. Uh, Cowboys trading for Roy Williams. I, I remember seeing him in the Calvin Johnson of Football Life a few weeks ago. I I forgot. Totally forgot about. The Texas Roy Williams receiver, just mm. for whatever reason, just eliminated him from my mind. Wow. Our boy uh, Cooksey traded for first round picks. I think yeah. multiple times. Yeah, Cooksey. multiple times. Amari Cooper, first round pick, just one. Uh, a lot of receivers get traded, and of course, our, our boy Beckham to uh, to round out the list. So that that ties it up, eight and a half to eight and a half. Nice. Um, I'll, I'll send back. The, Back, send the maybe. listeners out with one sticking with last week's theme and after watching uh trav your boy tom brady throw a pick six and, and justin herbert throw a pick six last week can you name as a listener the quarterback that has thrown the most pick sixes in nfl history tweeted us at the home dogs pod if you know the answer didn't we do this one yeah we did this one. Oh shoot did we yeah thanks you sure yeah no i don't think so because didn't wasn't the question who has the fewest pick sixes and has played fifty games and it was um, Trubisky and then like the follow up question was who yeah, has the you most? Gave, you gave the note. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think I did. Uh, I mean, do you know the answer? No, I forgot. I <laughs> <laughs> definitely did it. I don't think so, guys. 
I, I keep track. Of oh, questions. maybe we did the cornerback who has the most pick sixes. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. that was just last weekend. Yeah, this last the, week. This is the quarterback. The quarterback. Did I not say that one? Well, oh. oh, okay. All right. Maybe we haven't done it. I, I could have sworn we did this one, but okay. I'm just looking yeah, at this. I, yeah, I didn't do it. Sorry, go ahead. You didn't know, do I'm, it. Just, I'm looking at this 2000 draft, which is the one where the Redskins had the back-to-back players, Arrington mm-hmm. and Samuels. So the Redskins had two and three overall. The Jets had 12, 13, and 18. First of all, Mark, can you give me who their picks were at 12, 13, and 18 that year? Yeah, I can't do it in the order, but uh, Sean... Oh, I, maybe I could. Sean Ellis was first at 12. I think 13 was John Abraham. Wow. Uh, 18 was Anthony Beck, and then Pennington rounded out. Okay, so Pennington was 18. I, I don't see... Ah, Okay. So, oh, and Beck was also first round pick. Yes, twenty seven. So yeah. this coming year, with all the trades and everything, the Giants, the Eagles, and there's and the another in the Jets, right? Are going to have like what is the number we decided? Seven or eight of the top fifteen or sixteen picks. The Eagles are going to have three first rounders. The Giants have two, and the Jets have two. two. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. they're not first rounders that are like in the back yeah. half of the no, draft. They're all, top like they're all going to be yeah. in the top fifteen. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Good and they'll, all, and they'll all screw it up. They'll all screw it up. <laughs> so yeah, Mark, we did not ask that question, by the way, as we get out of here. Uh, most pick sixes thrown in NFL history tweeted us at Home Dog Spot. You were correct. You did not ask that before. Just similar to questions we've talked about. So Correct. All right. Uh, a lot of decisions for us to make. Again, follow us on Twitter for uh, all our trivia and pick selections at Home Dogs Pod on Twitter. And week nine, halfway there, halfway mark. Now we really uh, got to kick it into high gear. So uh, enjoy the week nine games. We'll talk to you next week.